Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, as you're saying hello here in the house, I want to say hello to our online audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're part of our online family, welcome back. And if this is your first time tuning in with us, thank you so much. We would love to connect with you. We have an online pastor and some online hosts ready to connect with you. If you have questions about faith or even just questions about how to get connected here uh, at Calvary right now, a connect card is popping up. We'd love for you to fill that out. And if you want a gift sent in the mail, please click that option. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are. Well, if you're here in the house and this is your first time with us as well, a special welcome to you. Hey, Calvary, can we say hello to our first time guests here in the house? So grateful you've chosen to be with us. Same goes to you. If you have questions about faith or questions about how to get connected here at Calvary, about our family ministries or just small groups or whatever, uh, you can fill out this card. You can find this card behind several of the seats. Uh, drop that off at any of the doors or our welcome desks in the lobbies, um, and somebody will get back to you as soon um, as possible. Also, for you, we have a gift in several of the lobbies. You can pick up a guest box, just a thank you from us to you for visiting today. Hang out a little bit in the cafe. There's a gift card there for you, but we would love to connect with you, answer any questions that you have. Uh, with us. And speaking about boxes, also today, uh, our kids' ministry is uh, giving away or we're participating in Operation Christmas Child. And so if you would like to partner with us in just blessing some children uh, this year, please stop by the West Lobby. You'll see the Operation Christmas Child boxes. Take one or a few. Somebody would be there as well to answer any questions you have about uh, those uh, those boxes. But thank you for partnering with us as we bless some children. And thank you in advance for your generosity. Also, other ways that you can partner with us um, in the area of generosity, you could always give online at calvarytriad.church slash give. And give you uh, there, you'll be able to see all the ways that you can partner with us in that area as we make an impact in the triad and all over uh, the world. Also, a convenient way to give, you can also give through text. Uh, you can text your number to eight, or your amount to 84321. Uh, well, thank you so much for your generosity and partnering with us in that area. For everything else going on here at Calvary, please check out the screen. My name's Ani. Welcome to Calvary, and thanks for worshiping with us today. There's a lot happening at Calvary, so we wanted to take a few minutes and share a few things coming up for you and your family. Parents, our next opportunity for child dedication is November 6th during our 11 a.m. service. Child dedication is a commitment before the Lord to raise a child according to God's word and God's ways. And we, the church, want to partner with you to help you raise your children to follow Jesus. If you have a child that you would like to have dedicated, please register online. 
Our next night of worship is Friday night, November 11th at 7 p.m. in our main auditorium. We love worshiping together with our whole Calvary Church family. Childcare will be available for newborn through kindergarten. We hope you can join us for an evening spent worshiping the Lord together in His presence. For more information on all of these events and to register, visit info. We're so glad you could join us today. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at calvarytriad.church and on Facebook and Instagram at Calvary Triad. Now, friends, let's prepare our hearts for God's word. If you're joining with us online, can you just give us a moment here in the room and can we just pray right now? Kevin, one of our drummers, uh, just have a little bit lightheaded in the... Uh, it's fine, and uh, yeah, can we just pray for him real quick right now? Father, I pray right now that your healing would just be present in Kevin's life right now, in his body. I thank you, Lord, that, that, uh, that God, you are a healer, and you just allow your spirit to, um, to touch and to, to bless and to minister spiritually and physically. And so, Father, we pray right now that you would just bless this young man. We thank you for his service and and just uh, you're at work in his life as well. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kevin's such a, as an incredible young man, mom and dad there, and just felt a little lightheaded and kind of had a situation there. And what a, what a great opportunity. I was just leaned over and said something to Pastor Tom and a uh, member of our safety response team, security response team was just on it, like right on the stage there going one of our uh, members here at Calvary that's a, a, a nurse as well. And so there he was great and uh, was able to get up and head off the stage there as well. So yeah, thank you for praying for Kevin. What an incredible young man, too. Uh, if you haven't met some of our uh, young uh, leaders that are involved in different areas of service and ministry here at Calvary, they're just phenomenal. <laughs> and, and I'm so proud of them and what God is doing in and through them, and uh, it's great. This past week, as we uh, just uh, shift a little bit of our attention, this past week was one such opportunity we had to be aware of, of so many of you that were serving the community here in the triad and all over. It was our fall fest this past uh, Wednesday, and there were over 500 people that attended uh, the Fall Fest out on the parking lot here and the, outside the West Lobby in the kids' area. Five, here's what's great about that number. It's not just to say, hey, a lot of people came and had fun and all that, but there were 195 that registered that we know that were here at a Calvary-sponsored event for the very first time. Awesome. They were our first-time awesome. guests into a thing that we did. That was incredible. That was Awesome. Of that 195, there were, that represented 62 brand new families that said, hey, this looks like a church that, that loves people and we should just show up and see what God's doing in and through them. And yeah, it looked a little bit different than this morning. And that's all right. Some of you were dressed up a little bit differently than you are this morning, right? So if you haven't followed social media, you should do that because it's some entertaining pictures that you may want to have available for you to um, um, just kind of use against people as they go. Kim and I were dressed very appropriately in our Dallas Cowboys sweatshirts. I figured there'd be a mixed reaction in the room there. Actually, it was kind of a give up. We just like, well, let's just say we're going as Super Bowl winning teams. And so 
I'm not sure whether that was false prophecy or not, but usually that tends to be the case with the Cowboys. But it was a great, it was a great Wednesday, Wednesday and uh, just thank you for those of you that, that served and, and volunteered to serve the community. It was phenomenal. Pastor Tiffany and her team and Pastor G and the, the family ministries team, really all of them led so well in that space. And if you were part of that team, thanks. It's all about our spirit of generosity and what God is doing through us, not just in us. Amen? Amen. So last week, we started a little um, uh, detour, a mini-series, if you would, um, a departure from our journey that we've been on in the book of Acts. And if you haven't been in the last couple weeks, then uh, you'll, this may sound unique to you or whatever, but we've been going through the book of Acts. The book of Acts is basically the history of the birth of us of the local church in God's plan for reconciliation of people all over the, the world presently in the past and the future. It's, it's recorded the, the beginning there in the book of Acts. And the idea is this, that the story continues in us. And that's significant. But last week, we did a little detour from that series. And many of you that were here, you had, we had the scaffolding up behind me. And we launched into a little mini-series about this, this prophetic word that was given to the church here that said basically in this uh, first year, and I say first year because about a year ago, Pastor Kim and myself came to be the lead pastors here at Calvary. And in that year, God give, has given us a word that, that what we are about is kind of like scaffolding in that it's not necessarily the most um, uh, gorgeous things that are being built, right? But it's the structure on which God builds something amazing and beautiful. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 that says, you are God's building. And so we kind of have been, uh, for the last, started last week doing a little mini series on this idea of scaffolding. Last week, I'm getting to a point, the reason why I'm sharing this is because it sets up where we're heading today. Last week, we started talking about this idea of of stewardship in the fact that the psalmist in Psalm 94, 1, it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything therein is his. And so if all of our, for lack of a better word, stuff, and that's our finances and our resources and our families, if everything belongs to God anyway, why wouldn't we have the posture of saying, God, what do you want me to do with your stuff? Isn't that a different posture than saying, how can I keep everything and how can I just, just hold everything? No, no, no. God says, hey, it's, it's all mine anyway. How can we be good stewards? And so last week we talked about the very biblical principle of tithing and returning to the Lord, his tithes, and then we bring our offerings as well. And so this week is kind of part two of that idea of generosity and, and uh allowing God to be a blessing to others through what we've got, through our and his stuff. And so I am honored this week to have just an incredible voice, not only for us here at Calvary Church today, but for our, uh, our tribe, so to speak, in the Assemblies of God. If you're visiting with us today or joining online, Calvary is an Assemblies of God church. And what that means is that we are a part of a fellowship of, of churches here within the, uh, the United States that's over 13,000 Assemblies of God churches worldwide, right at 60 
1.9 million people that are assemblies of God and that, that are part of this family. And in the U.S., AGUSA, we have um, the, the structure of that would provide leadership at the very top of that flowchart is the general superintendent of the, the Assemblies of God USA, and that is Pastor Doug Clay. And it has been an honor for the last, oh, you know, a few hours was with us last night in our Kingdom Builders banquet, and uh, it, just, it was just an incredible time celebrating what God is doing. But today, I am so honored to allow and uh, to just be, have the privilege of inviting our general superintendent of the Assemblies of God USA to here, here at Calvary Church to speak to you from the power of God's word. Can you do me a favor, Calvary, and welcome Pastor Doug Clay as he comes this morning. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you. Honored Thank to you. be here. Thanks. God bless you. Hey, while you're in a clappy mode, can we do something? Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning? Come on, everybody in the congregation, let's give the Lord Jesus a hand clap of praise for his goodness and his greatness in our lives. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will... Yeah, aren't you glad that joy is a choice? Uh, we get to choose to rejoice and be glad in it, and it is a privileged opportunity for my wife Gail and I to be worshiping with you today, to just uh, experience the presence of the Lord, to be a part of this incredibly historic Sunday as uh, you consider being a part of what God is doing in building his kingdom here on earth. And so, thank you. You know, I'm in a different church every week, sometimes two or three different times, and I'm in all kinds of churches, mega churches, small churches, urban settings, rural settings, and here's what I can tell you. Great churches are not built accidentally. Uh, I'd say, first of all, it takes the, the blessing, the canopy of the Lord, and uh, how many of you know Calvary Church has experienced the blessing of the Lord on its uh, in place for several years it takes a group of people like you that understand, what is a church? Are we just a religious club that meets on a weekly basis and participates in a few humanitarian causes? No, we're the body of Christ, the primary instrument that he is using to expand his kingdom here on earth. And I can tell from both last night and first service this morning, you get it. You know what a church is. But great churches also require great leadership. Leadership that's called, that places a high priority on the anointing and being missional. And uh, I can tell you, in terms of the assemblies of God, when it comes to called and capable leadership, you have the cream of the crop right down there in Pastor John and Pastor Kim. And so we just honor you guys today. Thank you. Thank you for surrendering your life to Christ and saying yes. Thank you for saying yes to this assignment here and uh, uh, Pastor John's leadership in Springfield was, was incredible. In fact, the, the, the significance and the impact of his leadership is still being felt within our fellowship uh, around the world, and so you're, you're blessed to have that today. And so, excited, excited to be a part. Take your copy of God's Word, will you please, and turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I want to I want to bring a teaching this morning from a miracle that was performed by Jesus, a popular miracle, a miracle that actually is recorded in all four Gospels. Well, in fact, other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's the only narrative that's in all four Gospels, so it's obvious that the Holy Spirit wanted to impact our lives with the truth of this miracle. I want to read several verses from John 6. Let's pick up our reading in verse 1. 
Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him there because, well, they saw signs he performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover was near, and when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered and said, well, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of the disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter, brother, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Aren't you glad we serve a more than enough God? His name is El Shaddai, the God of plenty, more than they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered, filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. This miracle is more than just a miracle of how Jesus feeds a large crowd. But it's a miracle that teaches us how Jesus spiritually feeds people. In fact, as it relates to kingdom builders, as it relates to this adventure that you're on in this season, I believe that this miracle, not a parable, this really happened, this miracle has incredible parallels for what God wants to accomplish in and through you in this Kingdom Builder Initiative. You know, this miracle was a huge step for the disciples. We'll talk about that in a minute, the amount of faith. They had to go beyond confessional theology and lean into some real practical theology to see this miracle take place. But it's a giant step for them. It was just a small step for the Lord, kind of like the goal of 500,000 for Kingdom Builders. As we contemplate this miracle this morning, there are a couple truths I would love for you to wrap your understanding around. And the first truth is this, both in kingdom work and in your own life, don't ever let the size of an opportunity intimidate you. Don't ever let the size of an opportunity intimidate you. Now, did you notice that twice John used the word great to describe the crowd? a great crowd. We know there were 5,000 men there. And so if you were to calculate the women and the children, there's a strong sense that there was probably 10,000 people gathered together there on the mountainside. That's a large group to feed. Those are big odds. But you know, over and over and over again, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has always faced insurmountable odds But they've conquered. I think about the day of Pentecost. There were only 120 people in that upper room, and they were called to reach a world of 2 million people. That's one believer for every 
or, or 200 million, 250 million people in the world. So that's one believer for every 2 million people. They didn't have any modern means. They didn't have any internet. Yet in one generation, the people in that upper room turned their world upside down. I think about the Assemblies of God, the network of churches that you belong in. In 1914, there were a group of 300 people that gathered in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and said, you know what? We commend ourselves to him for the greatest evangelism that the world has ever seen. That became a mission statement. And now 108 years down line, there are over 70 million Assemblies of God people in 248 countries. Did you know that within Assemblies of God ministries, there is one new believer coming to faith in Jesus Christ every 14 seconds? There's one new church being planted every 45 minutes. There's one new minister being called every 48 minutes. I'm telling you, don't ever let the size of an opportunity intimidate you. Because with God, say it with me, all things are possible. Come on, say it with me. With God, all things, come on, say it again. With God, all things are possible. It's true. His disciples could have tried to talk Jesus out. Lord, we can't feed, we can't feed 10,000 people. But with God, all things are possible. It's like the Ukraine. The Ukrainian church has planted more churches in the last year and a half. Well, they've not been in Ukraine. There's about 100 that's being planted in Russia. There's another 42 that's being planted in Poland. You see, when persecution comes, because the Lord is a God of the impossible, he can allow expansion to take place. And just since the Ukrainian crisis, just in Russia and in Poland alone, there have been 142 Ukrainian churches planted. Can somebody say, praise the Lord for that? Why? Because with God... All things are possible. The second truth that I see from this uh, miracle is this. Don't get discouraged by how little you have. Don't get discouraged. You see, not only did John twice say that the crowd was great, but twice he said the resources were small. Five small loaves two small fish. No wonder Andrew spoke up and said, hey, how far will this go among so many? I can tell you in my own life, when it comes to the work of God, Satan's tactic is to always get you to look at the difficulty of the task and then accentuate how little resource you have to try to discourage you and try to keep you from accomplishing what God wants you to do. I go back to that 120 on the day of Pentecost in the upper room, 250 million people that the 120 were called to reach. And think about this. Christ did not leave them any hefty endowments. There were no seed faith offerings taken up. There was no kingdom building offerings. There were no discretionary funds. The only thing the Lord said to those disciples was, why don't you wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit descends upon you and that dissension will be an empowerment for you to go reach the world. You know, in every country, in every church, in every life, the opportunities will always be greater than the resources that you have. That's probably why Paul said in Corinthians, and he's quoting Christ when Jesus said, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Can I tell you, as a spirit-filled church, as a part of being a, a, a Pentecostal church, we have the unique advantage of having the third person of the Godhead live inside of our lives, the Holy Spirit. You see, when you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes residency in you. And I would remind you today, the Holy Spirit is not an it to be debated. He's not a ghost to be feared. He's the third member of the Godhead, and his work inside of you is to make you aware of Jesus's presence. At times, the Holy Spirit protects you from you. And the wrong thinking that the enemy tries to trick you when you're faced with a vision and you look at your resource and you go, God, I can't do this. But if you'll lean in to the Holy Spirit, he will make you aware not only of Jesus's presence, but he'll make you aware of the resources that Jesus brings to you. I kind of like it this way. It's the Holy Spirit that'll help you stop listening to your self-talk and listen to God talk. See, self-talk will lie to you, self-talk will sabotage you, but God-talk will empower you. God-talk will will raise your faith. Presence. Not to let the size of an opportunity intimidate you, but lean in to a God who says all things are possible and my grace is sufficient for you. I suspect I discovered the power of presence in my life through my oldest grandson, Jackson. Jackson. Now, can I ask this morning, are there any grandparents in the house? If you're a grandparent, just raise your hand high. Isn't grandparenting wonderful? My wife, Gail, and I have seven grandchildren, one on the way, ages 10 to 3. And we love grandparenting. And I've discovered something. I've discovered that the reason why grandparents and grandchildren get along so well, we have the same common enemy, their parents, About four years ago, uh, Jackson, my oldest grandson, uh, he and I decided it'd be okay for him to have an overnighter at Papa's house without his parents. Now, it took a lot to convince his mom, my firstborn, that we can do this, but we tag-teamed together and, well, we convinced her that it was okay. I'll never forget the night I went over to the house to pick him up. He was standing there in the doorway. He had a Spider-Man backpack just filled with stuff He had his pajamas in there. He had Paw Patrol cartoon DVDs in there and all the kind of bunch of snacks. And I pulled into the driveway. He saw me. He said, Papa, Papa. I said, Jackson, Jackson, you ready to come to Papa's house? He said, yeah. So I went up and I grabbed his hand and we started to walk back towards the truck. I got halfway down the sidewalk. And my daughter, his mom, cleared her throat. I said, Dad, Dad. I said, yeah. And she handed me a three-by-five card with a set of six very specific instructions on them. I thought, my God, I raised her better than that. I start reading these instructions, and I got down to instruction number three. It said, Dad, comma, after six PM, please make sure you put two parts water, one part apple juice in his sippy cup. Well, I thought, first of all, we don't do mixed drinks at Papa's house. We're 100% Dr. Pepper at Papa's house. Can I get a witness? Two parts water, one part. Yeah, I got it, babe. We got in the truck. I tore that sucker up. I said, come on, Jackson. We're going to Papa's house and have some fun. And we did. 
We played outside. We hide and go seek. We played some wiffle ball. Uh, we watched Paw Patrol cartoons. It was going well. He took his bath. He got his jammies on. It was just going so perfect. And about the time that he was to retire, a southwest Missouri storm whipped up. I mean, a doozy of a storm. Loud thunder, crackling lightning. And I could tell Jackson was just a little anxious. I said, little buddy, do you want to sleep in Papa's room? He said, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So we went into my room, and down on my side of the bed, I just made a little sleeping area with some blankets and pillows. And I said, a little buddy lay down. He'd lay down. Boom, a crack of thunder would hit. He'd jump up. I said, you're okay, little buddy, lay down. Flash of lightning, he'd jump up. Now, this happened about four or five times. And after the fifth time he jumped up, I, I said something. I don't know where this was programmed in me to say. I, it just came out, and what I said to him makes no meteorological sense, certainly makes no theological sense. It just sort of came out. He jumped up. I could tell he was anxious. I said, Jackson, you don't have to be afraid of thunder. After all, thunder is nothing more than just God moving his furniture up in heaven. <laughs> don't judge me, Grandma. Don't judge me. You would have put Robitussin in that sippy cup, so don't judge me. He said, oh, okay, and he laid back down. Next crack of thunder hit, he didn't jump up. I'm like, cool, I'll let his kid's pastor work out his theology. I just want him to fall asleep. He's laying there. I roll over. And just about the time I'm out, a loud reverberating thunder hit. And come on, grandparents, we have an extra sense. Although I'm laying this way, I can feel a set of eyes just looking at me. And when I rolled over, sure enough, he wasn't standing all the way up. He was just looking above the mattress. He was just, and his eyes were wide open. And before I could say anything to him, he said, Papa, do you think that I could lay with you till God quits moving his furniture? <laughs> I said, you bet, little buddy. So I picked him up put him down next to me, and within 30 seconds, he was out. You see, I couldn't convince that little tyke that the storm on the outside wouldn't hurt him on the inside, but as long as he was in close proximity to Papa, he had a sense of security that everything was going to be okay. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit's job is to bring you into close proximity to Jesus? to make you aware that he, he is an ever-present help in time of trouble, to make you aware that when you're feeling fearful, God's word says he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I can't promise you that we're not gonna face intimidating circumstances, physically, personally, corporately, as a church, spiritually. But I don't think we have to be intimidated by the resources that are in front of us when we look at our resources because we have a God who delights in being close to us, his presence to us. And Holy Spirit inside of you makes you aware of not only the presence of Jesus, but the resources that Jesus brings to you. Speaking of resources, the third thing I notice about this um, miracle is that um, when you're facing a daunting task, a, 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 a wild goal, an audacious goal, and you look at your resource and go, I'm not really sure. 
My last thought from this miracle is this. Don't forget that the Lord is with you and he's on your side. Keep in mind that in life, personally in life, in kingdom work, that God is with you and he's on your side. Can I tell you the sure formula for spiritual failure is look at the size of the task, look at how little you have, and leave the Lord out of the equation. He'll always fail. But Jesus, Jesus was on site to take whatever was offered to him and use it to perform a miracle. I find that fascinating. Now, for a moment this morning, I want you to put yourself in the place of one of the 12 disciples that were called to feed and distribute the food to 12 to 10 to 12,000 people. As you know the story, five loaves, two small fish. So the disciples, some of them gave a basket, and I can imagine their backs were turned to the hillside of people. The Bible says that Jesus began to bless it. He began to break the loaves, put it in the basket. Five small loaves into 12 baskets. Took two small fish, break the fish, put it in the basket. Now, if I'm one of those disciples, I'm standing there and I'm looking at my basket and I know there's thousands of people behind me and I'm thinking, Lord, if you would do a, want to perform a miracle, why don't you perform the miracle before we turn around? I got some relatives back there. I got some, I got some friends back there. I don't want to be embarrassed and run out of passing out my food just after the first few people. So go ahead, Lord, and just perform the miracle before we start distributing. And I've got an imagination that sees Jesus knowing their thinking, smiling with a little divine grin and saying, you know, in the world... You all like to start out with your baskets full and have it end up empty. But when it comes to kingdom building, I like you to start out with your baskets empty and have them end up full. And when you think about it, the miracle was the distribution. Because as long as they continued to distribute, there was enough in there. As long as they continued to distribute. And I would submit to you that they moved beyond confessional theology into practical theology. See, confessional theology says, oh, I believe that God can supply all my needs to his, according to his riches and glory. Practical theology says, okay, I'm going to take him in his word and I'm going to give even though I don't know where it's coming from. I'm going to, I'm going to trust him. And the Bible seems to indicate as long as they were in the distribution mode, God provided. Why? Because he's God all by himself. All things are possible with him. He supplies our need according to his riches and glory. And so sometimes, both in church world and in your individual life, it's important to step out of that confessional theology into a practical theology that says, I'm going to take what I confess and put it into practice by walking, by doing, by distributing, by stepping out. And you do that not with blind faith. You do that with knowing that God's with you and he's on your side. I love, I love this miracle and I love this miracle as it's associated with kingdom builders. Because it's all about 
seeing the goal of reaching people. It's all about looking at our resources and wondering, can we really do this? But it's all about just being reminded that God is with you and he's on your side. As I was reflecting on this miracle and where you're at in this journey with kingdom builders this morning, I thought of a few things that I'd like to leave with you. Thought number one is this. It's the heart of Jesus to never turn people away. And I'm so thankful that it's the heart of Calvary Church not to turn people away. How many of you know people matter to God? All people matter to God. Regardless of whatever label culture or society puts on people, all people bear the image of Jesus in their life. All people have the opportunity to respond to the gospel. Kingdom builders is a recognition that all people matter and we're not gonna turn them away. The second truth from this miracle that parallels kingdom builders is this, that's the nature of Jesus. He can do a lot with what little we have. He can do a lot. Think about this. Five loaves, two fish, not enough to feed 10,000 people. Five loaves plus two fish plus one Jesus, more than enough to feed. Leftovers to feed. Calvary Church has been a recipient for years of a more than enough God. So let's not stop believing that now. Let's keep taking the Lord at his word. The final reflection on this miracle that parallels kingdom builders and this strategy of, of, of expanding God's kingdom here locally, 336 and around the world, is that Jesus wants to use you. It's, it's, it's his pattern. I mean, when you study the miracles of Jesus, he likes to involve other people. Even this particular miracle, think about it. Jesus could have done this all by himself. In fact, he had some experience with it. Remember the feeding of the children of Israel? <laughs> he fed them supernaturally for several years, thousands of people every single day. So he had experience with feeding large groups of people all by himself. But... Interesting, in this miracle, he takes sort of the insignificant insufficiency of a little boy's lunch, couples it with his leadership team called the 12 disciples, and he accomplishes an incredible miracle. I want to thank you, Calvary Church, for your commitment to believing that everybody has a right to taste and see that the Lord is good. As I looked at the brochure, as I watched that video of all the missionaries that you support, and knowing a little bit about the history of this church, I kind of woke up this morning thinking, Lord, my prayer for Calvary Church, I don't want your theme song to be, those were the days, my friend. I want your theme song to be, hey, come and see what the Lord is doing in our midst. Come and see how God is accomplishing his purpose. Come and experience the miracles that God wants to do. Kingdom Builders, why it's so healthy? Because it's not about you. It's not about budgets. It's not about, it's not about property. It's not about physical assets. 
It's all about expanding the kingdom of God and helping everybody taste and see that the Lord is good. God bless you. So many times we, uh, we come to, to moments where we, we challenge ourselves to hear from God and we do get intimidated by the, the opportunity in front of us. And uh, I understand that in this, in this culture, in this, the economy that we're in, that it would be really easy for us to be so inwardly focused and in the whole, that's natural, right? It would be a natural response. And yet, even in this situation that, that God uh, shares with us through his word, that the disciples were saying the same things to Jesus. We, we don't have enough for these people to eat. And he was just saying, hey, would you, would you shift your focus and, and, and put, it on, put it on the people and put it on the, the, those, those crowds that the word says that he had compassion on them. And I just believe that God wants us to do the exact same thing in these moments when, when the natural would say, wow, it's, it's a time to, to hunker down and be conservative. And yet in the, in the whole of scripture and all through, through really history that we see, God has a way of saying, you see things through this lens. If you'll allow my plan to be the lens that you see this opportunity, it changes things. And I am so honored to be in a room of men and women, uh, young and old, uh, that are hearing from God in the middle of times who say, God, I just want to be a part of your kingdom. Uh, and that, and, and the advancement of it. And that's why, quite honestly, as, as, as lead here, um, I make no apologies for taking a weekend like this and saying, hey, how can we focus on being a part of something larger than ourselves? So many times we kind of fall into the trap and maybe you're, if you're a visitor or a guest with us this morning, you say, oh man, church, I always talk about money. Well, what I've learned in my, my own life is that when I allow God to be the Lord over every element of my life, then it, it's like this weight that is released on me that I just, you know what, it's God's anyway. I'm just called to be a steward of that. And God allows that, that kind of relationship release of that burden to just be life-giving. Quite honestly, uh, Kim and myself, we're on this journey with you. And boy, God's speaking some very clear things to us as well. And the reason why I can stand in front of you today is because I know that God continues to speak. And there are people and lives of, of individuals that we may never know that are represented by, by little dots on a map in a book, right? They're represented by ministries that talk about future ministries. They're represented by ministries here that are plants of churches or churches that have yet to be planted, of, of individuals that have let yet to even hear about Jesus, and yet kingdom builders through our generosity is going to be the, the catalyst into those spaces. 
Last night, we had the privilege of hearing from one of our partners in Kingdom Builders. Uh, pastor Angela Pierce uh, is the lead pastor of Restoration City Church there in Kannapolis, just north of Charlotte. Through Kingdom Builders, we were able to sow seed into that ministry. It launched just a few weeks ago. People are getting saved every week at that church. And God is allowing your generosity to be an expression of his grace into a community that you may never go to, you never see, but God is using that all over the world. You heard Pastor Doug mention the ministries there in the Ukraine just a few months ago. One of our highlights for a Kingdom Builders highlight that month was Convoy of Hope. The month after that, we've talked about through the Fire Bible and different ministries. Why is that so important? Because through our fish and loaves, through the the, the resources that we have in our hands, God then steps in the middle of it, and he's the, the one that is added to our equation of resources and it becomes enough. And so I'm excited to be, to be about that and to be a part of that equation because I'm just kind of like that little boy that says, God, I don't have a lot, but, but, but what I do have here, you, you can have it. It's yours anyway. I'll just let you have that. And all of a sudden, I'm a part of a miracle. That, can you imagine what happened to that little boy when he went home that night? And mom and dad probably said, where's the fish? Oh, you've got to hear this story. (laughs) I don't know. Scripture doesn't say, but I have a feeling he may have taken one of those leftover baskets at home with him and said, you've got to hear this. And all of a sudden, faith began to arise in them. So when we say kingdom builders and we talk about a goal of 500,000, can I tell you that it's really less about the commas and zeros and the dollars on a page, but those signify the position of our heart that we would say, God, you're the Lord over every piece of my life anyway. I'm just a steward of your stuff. So what would you have me to do with your stuff? And that's the posture we come to the Lord today. And so I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. The, the, the magazines that are on those seats in front of you and around you, would everyone in here, uh, yeah, everybody, just grab one of those. And the reason why is because I want us to, to kind of symbolically ask the Lord what he would have for us to do. And on the front of those, there's a little card, and it says this. Thank you so much for planning, visioning, and dreaming with us for 2022. Uh, With God's help, between now and November 13th, that's going to be a day that we kind of focus on to to go across the finish line at the end of the year for this goal. Um, Between now and November 13th, Miracle Offering Day, my hope is to give. And I'm just going to encourage you to ask the Lord to speak to you. Can I tell you this, that there are so many, I'm, I'm catching eyes of people all over this room. And I, and I know some of the stories that are represented. I know the sacrificial giving that you have already done. And can I just, once again, you heard me say it last night a lot. I'll say it once again. Thank you. Thank you. But the trumpet hasn't sounded yet, right? We heard that and that, that God, there's still a work to be done. And I, for one, am continually excited to be a part of that work. I never want to be so focused inwardly that I miss out on a miracle that God's wanting to do through me. And so I'm right there with you. Kim and I are both praying, God, what would you have for us to do as we bless other people through kingdom builders and the vision there? So that card in front is significant. You may want to take that card in your hand and just ask God to speak very plainly and clearly to you um, today. If you 
you feel like you're at a point where you say, I know what God's calling us to do. It would help us just to know kind of the, the level of faith and how we can, can, can direct resources. If you want to put those in the buckets on the way out, that's great. If not, if you want to wait until the miracle offering day, that would be great as well. Here's why this is so important. Because Jesus died on a cross for me and for you and for those that we may never know for their forgiveness of their sins and for mine and for yours. And for that, God has called us to continue to build his kingdom. Because as long as there's a person on this world that needs to hear about Jesus, we will always be about building his kingdom. That's the vision of God from the very beginning. He said that his son was here and he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that purpose, those marching orders have never changed the story continues in us and it continues in us with the spirit of generosity would you stand with me all over this room today as we kind of come to a, a point of conclusion today I'm going to ask you to just have that card in your hand I'm going to pray for you in a minute and then our prayer team is going to come in just a moment and and connect with you in prayer as well I'm just going to ask you to, to symbolically take that just this card and just say Holy Spirit would you speak to me you guys have heard me tell stories like this so many times and 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 you've you've got your own stories where you come to moments of commitment and and dedication and and that that first thing that pops into your head you're like oh that can't be god right and, and it's like, oh, that's scary. And then maybe you lean over and talk to your spouse and, and they say something that's even more challenging, right? I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that this sometimes that God needs to, to, to stretch our faith a little bit. And, and usually in my own experience, when I'm in a place where I'm saying, God, just speak to me, he has a way of doing that very quickly, quietly, and peacefully. And it may be uncomfortable, but it's the way I say, God, that's got to be you. Because, boy, I could be involved in the planning, and I could budget that in, and it would be able to be um, explained by creative budgeting. I could be, you know, be a little bit of vision, and I could just make some sacrifice. But then when it comes into this idea of dreaming, for me personally, what steps in there is it, it's a reality that, boy, I could never do that. It's just my, my fish and my loaves, and then but I know that if it's going to happen, it's going to be that plus one. And that equation is what I believe God wants to have you experience all over this room. So Father, as we take these cards right now in our hands, just symbolically, I pray that you would just, just speak to us. Speak very clearly to us and, 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 and just let us know what you would have for us to do, what part we should play in the continuing of this, this, this building of your kingdom all over the world. Father, I thank you for the testimonies, even to this point of provision and grace and miraculous generosity that is in this room. God, there's business owners in this room that have already given sacrificially. And Father, I pray that as we continue to build that testimony of your provision and grace, God, help us to understand that, that, that God, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that you provide for us, you allow us to experience blessings so that we could in turn be a blessing to your kids that you love so much that you that you died for in the same way for us Lord we thank you for that privilege of being a part of that equation we thank you for it in Jesus name 
Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team, would you come forward and help me around the front? And as they come, I have a very, uh, just a very, uh, the most important question I could ask you, you may be here in this room and you say, this idea of building a kingdom sounds great, but it sounds like you have to be a part of that that kingdom, that family for first to be able to build it. That There's some truth in that, but the reality is that just in the same way that, that God's word says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, He's still doing that today. So if you're here in this room today and you said, I have never begun my relationship with Jesus, the best thing that we could ever provide for you is an opportunity to respond to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so if you're here in this room and that would be your, your desire to begin, I'm going to ask you just to be a, a, a bold, make a bold decision and, and say, you know what, Pastor John, would you include me in a prayer today to ask Jesus to come into my heart? And we, we love to partner together with people almost every week that respond to this question and to this invitation. So if you're here in this room or maybe you're joining with us online, there's a link in how you respond there. But if you're here today and you say, well, you know what, Pastor John, I'd love for you to include me in that prayer to meet Jesus today to begin that relationship with him would you do me the honor of praying and by just an upraised hand I'll know to include you in that prayer and we'd love to pray together with you anyone in this room all over you say wow everybody's looking around that's all right because we just want to join together with you as a family and say you know what Pastor John I'd love to ask Jesus into my heart today anybody this morning all right if you're joining with us online and you have that, that desire, we'd love to connect with you as well. There's a link there that you can respond to. Just a few more moments. Thank you. You know, some of you say, man, I just, I feel like that's, a, I need to make that start, but I'm just, I'm just kind of hesitant. Would you do us the honor and when we dismiss here in a minute, some of these men or women are around the front, would love to pray together with you and help walk you through that introduction to a man named Jesus that can change your life his kingdom, right? That's, that's a tough word. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's real formal. It's, it's a family. It's the family of God that says we just want, want other people to know the peace and the love that Jesus has shown to so many. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Well, this morning we've been blessed and, and I'm so gracious for the ministry of the word and, and grateful to Pastor Doug and Gail. It's been an honor to have you as our guests this weekend. And what God's doing in the Assemblies of God. We're, we're proud to be a part of the family, not just here in Greensboro, North Carolina, but all over the world. And uh, I know you're, you're proud as well. So thank you. As we dismiss, if you want to, to just join with us in prayer, as we do every week, we'd love to connect with you. If you have a, have a physical need, a, a financial need, a relational need, a spiritual need, we'd love to join our faith with yours today as we go. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you for your coming and going and may you be a reflection of God's grace in your family in the community and all over the world God bless you you're dismissed come forward if you would love for us to pray together with you God bless you have a great week